All right, welcome in the closet. We've got a guest right. with us today, Stephen. Stephen, our friend that we met from TikTok, who we become close with, um, and are so glad that we have met you and that we finally get to have you on the podcast. Thanks for taking some time out tonight, Stephen. Well, thank you. I love it. You guys are awesome. <clears throat> Thanks. Thank you. Of course, of course, <laughs> of course I'm awesome. Angie's all right. Yeah, <laughs> so, did you did you get that storm you were getting ready to get? Yeah, it showed up, but it only lasted about 10, 15 minutes. You weren't impressed at all? No. I was just <laughs> sitting outside. I was all excited, waiting for the heavy rains. And That's right. You're a storm guy. Yeah. I like them, too. Yeah. But as you can see, no generator. Got the power working. So this is a huge disappointment. Going. Jeff didn't get to break out a generator tonight. He kind of low-key wanted to. Yes. Right. Right. <laughs> so we're going to chat. We're going to chat a little bit about PTSD, right? Yeah, that sounds good. Yeah, I before when we were waiting for you, uh, I started my live a little bit early, just so okay. I could talk about it a little bit and kind of get an idea what people think and right. to let people know what's going on. And and you know, I, I don't know what your experience is with PTSD. I don't really have much. I didn't think until Jeff and I started talking and then I'm thinking, well, maybe I do have a little bit of it because I always thought of it as PTSD, as it had to be some big, huge event. You know what I mean? It's like, like war or, you know, somebody on our lives said they had a car accident, was shot at like that kind of event. Physically abused. Well, but I didn't even think that would be as much PTSD as the others. Oh. Do you know what I'm saying? It's so broad. I feel like, what do you think? Steve? What are your thoughts on it? I, I think it's very broad. It, it doesn't have to be this. Uh, it, it's it's very much an individual thing. It's um, one person might have had a bad reaction, like you said, to a car accident. Whereas, you know, police officers and military are, are suffering from it from, you know, let's say 4th of July, the fireworks are going off and, and that triggers their PTSD from the gunshots and, you know, everything that they've dealt with. Uh, so I think it, I think it, it varies um, person to person and, and uh, it doesn't have to be this huge life altering one time experience. It could be like, like you said, you could be sexually molested or, or um, you know, abused and it'd be a long term thing. That, that triggers, you know, something inside of you. <clears throat> yeah. Certain events trigger those and you go into some trauma or brings right. back the trauma maybe. I, I can see that happening with law enforcement and EMT work. People that probably don't get enough treatment either and they, they suppress it. Right. And which that's, hurts your performance. Oh, absolutely. And, and that's, that's what you're seeing right now with a lot of this stuff that's going on in the news is that, you know, you – the, the, the police and the EMTs and the firefighters, there's not enough of them. And so they're yeah. seeing stuff day in and day out, and there's not enough time for them to get that break, to go and get, you know, the help and, and to work through the stuff that they've seen before they're thrown back out there. And, you know, they're working 12, 16-hour shifts. They're, you know, doing all these, um, you know, crazy calls, especially now with, you know, everybody kind of up in arms with COVID and, and the other stuff that's going on. Um, so yeah, they're, uh, you know, they're, they're just, you know, they're just getting bombarded and there's no help for them. Yeah, I, I agree. It's gotta be overwhelming. And then like I was talking about, we were talking about on here and, and someone said it's, it, they think it's, it's over, overly overdiagnosed or not diagnosed, but overly, overly used, used, I guess. And I didn't know I'm, I'm a person that's big on, are you diagnosed? Cause we self-diagnose ourselves. You know what I mean? We constantly are self-diagnosing depression, self-diagnosing PTSD, self-diagnosing bipolar, just things that for me, I'm like, well, how do you get diagnosed for PTSD? Do you go to a counselor? Can your family doctor, do you know anything about that? Yeah, I mean, you definitely go to your, your family doctor who's probably going to um, you know, refer you to a, a psychologist or a psychiatrist. Um, and then they're, they're going to take it from there. And, and yes, there's, there's a you know, 
you can be diagnosed. Um, I, I'm not speaking on any kind of uh, certification level, um, but you know, the, the doctors are going to um, consult like the DSM four and they're going to make their, their, um, their diagnosis based on, you know, medical background and things like that. Yes, there's a lot of people that'll just throw out there, oh, I'm suffering from PTSD or, oh, I'm, I'm, I'm bipolar because, you know, they, they're they up and down and they're up and down, you know, but that doesn't necessarily mean that that's actually what's going on. Yeah. Right. There, there's a diagnosis for it, yes. Um, but that being said, it, I can see where people would say that it's loosely um, – diagnosed just like people with ADD or ADHD. Um, you know, they're, they're throwing medicines at these things um, that, you know, maybe you don't necessarily need it for, but you kind of fit a couple, you know, check marks on the box, you know. Uh, but when it comes to PTSD, it, it's kind of a slippery slope too because it, the, the stuff that triggers their – um, their reactions, like I said, with the um, let's say a, a military vet can't be around fireworks on the Fourth of July, right. You know, right? Just like your dog is going to go and hide under the bed, that person hears those things going off, and it's extremely traumatic. It's extremely um, debilitating. Um, the anxiety, and, yeah, the anxiety's off mm -hmm. the roof. So some people will take cover, you know, um, and just it it it, it kind of runs the gamut as to to what the reaction is going to be. Um, so yeah, some somebody on here just said too that what it, the same thing that you're saying, like the PTSD can be triggered from sounds, also smells, action. So like just a smell could maybe trigger it. It, it could be a word. You yeah. Know, like yeah. let's go back to what Jeff said with you know being abused i mean it could be as simple as a certain word that you heard over and over and over again when you got abused and then also it could be in regular context but you hear that and yeah. all of a sudden the person has has been goes from being completely functioning normal to hearing that word and having to you know really buckle down and, and, and figure out a way to get out of their trauma that they've just been triggered back into. You know? yeah. that, I, I was just going to say that makes so much sense when you think about it. Cause it's your brain's wired in that trauma, you know, if right. you're, whether it be war, whether it be abuse and you're right, if there's something said um, and it's so disturbing to think that somebody could be abused or, I mean, for me, it's easy to, for me to like think, okay, if, if something's like you said, if it's said to you repeatedly, that's, I never thought about a word, but it could be a pet name. It could be a, it could be a, it could be anything. And then you hear it at the supermarket and it sends the anxiety through you, the panic because right. your body's trained to, you know, you can't help the reaction. No, I, never no, thought, no. I never thought of it that way. Yeah, I mean, let, let's let's think about you know somebody that's been been abused, and let's say the abuser uses uh, the pet name Baby Girl. Okay, you're walking through the supermarket. You say to Ann, "Hey, Baby Girl, can you go get me this?" That yeah. could just set something off in that person's head. Like, oh, that's oh, yeah. You know, and, and I I feel kind of bad because I think that I before we started talking to you, before I start turn the live on and started talking the, to them, I thought ever since I've done that, I've changed my whole view on it because before that, like I said at the beginning, I always thought the PTSD was something like I just said, like a big, huge, like I felt bad for saying that something that I'm going through that I've gone through here in the, in the, it's in the past, but the, what, what, what would you call it? The, not the near past, that's an oxymoron. Here recently that I've gone through, yeah, that I actually had an episode, something happened in the middle of the night last night that put me into this thing. And maybe it is that. To me, if you would have said, oh, you're suffering from PTSD, I would say, no, I'm not. I'm not. It's not that dramatic. 
but you, right. you know what I'm saying? I feel bad for, I kind of, I kind of give people a hard time sometimes when they throw that term around. I'm like, oh dear Lord, you don't have PTSD, but maybe they do. That's my bad. And that's my fault. But you know? my, my argument though, with that this morning, when she had this in the middle of the night and she had this panic and she stayed up and she said this morning about 10 or she was still struggling and she's still kind of a mess about it. And that's when I, she would just say, I would say it's like PTSD because you know, it's one thing for all of us to wake up. I mean, I have from financial issues, like when you're stressing about money and you wake up in the middle of the night and you panic, but right. then by, by, by 9am the next morning, you're like, you got yourself together. You're like, I, it's okay. We're good. But like, right. I think when it's something traumatic that's happened to you and you have a flashback and you can't shake it and you have physical effects from it i think that's got to be a sign of some sort of ptsd or right. else yeah. it wouldn't be hanging on so tight no not at all i mean and, and like i said earlier the ptsd it can be extremely traumatic and it could be you know something like you said that that you wake up in, in the sweats and, and something triggered it and i mean i get what you're saying that okay yeah if you're talking to somebody who who's been in war right and that then okay yes they they their ptsd is a lot different than yours but it doesn't mean that we discount your experience that triggered you because right. what your experience is extremely real and it's extremely uh um it it, it it's something that that really resonates with you in terms of something bad that's happened to you you know i right. i grew up I, I grew up with a lot of fears and um one of my biggest fears was you know somebody breaking in and, and doing something bad to me you know in my sleep um and there's been times recently where something like that has happened and then when i go to sleep at night if i hear something that sounds like a lock or a window or something opening that'll send me into like this tailspin. And then, you know, I'm up and I'm, you know, running through the house, making sure everything's okay. Blah, blah, blah. But, you know, those are things like, it, it, you don't want to necessarily say that. Like I understand where you don't want to say that to somebody who has PTSD that's been in war, but it is PTSD. PTSD just means post-traumatic stress syndrome. Or, or, or disorder yeah. and is anything that that caused you to have stress to the point that you get triggered to this anxiety level of you know waking up with the sweats waking up and or or being out and something triggering it sends you off into this tailspin that's that's ptsd it, it, it doesn't have to be a big crazy event though well, and we, we get the, like what you're saying is exactly what we've talked about on the podcast before, but not in this context. It's been with like us growing up in our era, like with our parents, it was always you push down the feelings because it could be worse, right? Like right. we always got, you know what, get over it. It could be worse. Not, mm -hmm. not, not acknowledging or not um, validating. Um, validating that I'm scared or mm -hmm. I'm, you know, I I don't, and, and sometimes I've been guilty of doing that. Like, you don't even know what stress right. is, but they don't. And that's why right. we have to value, validate. She doesn't know war. She doesn't know being shot at. She doesn't know w those type of traumas. That might be a 10. Hers, right. not to devalue it, but hers may be, like to them, hers, they may go, that's a two. You don't even know what stress is. Well, no, but her two to them is a 10. Right. On, her, on her scale and it would be a 10 on my scale because it's all we know if all you know mm -hmm. yeah, is that stress you can't that's your max that's your capacity right, right. and and you're right i mean yes to, to the person that's been in war okay that's that's you know cupcakes and, and butterflies to that right, right that doesn't mean that what you went through and when you were growing up and being told to basically suck it up, buttercup, you don't know what the hell you're talking about, that that didn't have an effect on you, you know? Right. Yeah, like like you, you worrying about somebody coming in and doing something, your parents being like, 
come on, we got it under control. You don't have to worry about, you know, don't don't be stupid, quit crying, get to bed, just go to sleep and shut up instead of validating that. Yeah. Something bad can happen, but here's what we've done to try to make sure that it doesn't. Right. Yeah. Which I get it because if I'm having my drinks and my kids bugging me, I want to just tell them to go to bed and suck it up. Yeah. Right. You know, you want your time, you know. Right. Which is not the right way to handle things, but. Right. And, and someone, someone too here on the live said, sometimes your PTSD has an underlying effect from your past before the current event, which I think is, I never thought of it that way either. Right. You yeah. There, there, there could be something that, that you don't even recognize but it's subliminally been kind of in you and then you don't even realize that it's something that's going to be a trigger until like you said, you're an adult or older. And then all of a sudden you hear it or you see it or it happens to you and you just can't function. I never thought of it that way. I literally, that, that, that kills me. Cause I'll listen to, I'll listen to podcasts with, with a psychologist and right. I, I listened to this one where he talked about how he had patience that literally there's something in our minds when horrible things happen to us as children. He's had patience that literally in sessions, they pull out them being abused as a child. They right. literally went through their entire youth mm-hmm. with not even thinking they'd been abused because they had, there's a, there's something in your mind that, so that you can survive life and you can function your mind somehow can block it out, but you're still not right. You still need to, you still need to exercise it. You still need to come to terms and deal with it. So he's like, we had, I had, you know, he talked about this person that he had, that it came out and she just like this revelation that, and then she could remember the person, she could remember what happened, but literally for 30 years, she didn't, if you asked her two weeks before, she couldn't recall the person or it happening, but somehow through therapy, it came out and it helped her in the long run. Right. But that blows my mind. Like that just brought that up in my mind that, that our brains are that powerful that we can actually, we can't shut out how it affects us because it really jacked up our relationships and it was the core. And she realized through therapy and recalling that why she had so many problems with her marriages and with mm-hmm. her kids. And so it was good that she discovered that, but it's amazing that, it was never a part of her life until she finally came to terms with it. It's just yeah. wild. I mean, the, the, the human brain is, is, it's fascinating, but it is extremely powerful. Mm-hmm. And good. you could, you could be a kid and experiencing, you know, trauma, but not know it because you don't know any different. And so your brain goes into self-preservation mode it's like, okay, how am I going to protect myself? And so all of a sudden, the brain starts suppressing and burying all this stuff that, yeah, it's going gonna, it's gonna to affect you, and you're not going to realize it until you're older. And there, there's issues that, that arise. And like you said, you're not even going to realize it until you sit down with somebody who's going to slowly start to pick away at asking the question why. Because all of a sudden, if you start asking why, then you start thinking more and more about, okay, what is actually going on here? And that digs deeper and deeper into these levels that you don't even realize about until you have that aha moment, you know? Mm -hmm. And you may not be equipped to handle the aha moment on your own. It may, you know, there's a lot of, there's a lot of guilt there, I'm sure, for people who've been through things or trying to, you know, peel the onion back without any professional help. Mm-hmm. that's got to be that's got to be a, a some a place where people can really get messed up because i think we all blame ourselves for for things that happen to us oh um, yeah and you know and 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 let's look at um even even something you know where a kid goes through their parents divorcing you know yeah. it, it it's you know at the time okay it sucks you think that you've dealt with it, but that could be a big trigger. That could be, you know, a trust issue. That could be um, a relationship issue. That, that, that could be all sorts of problems. And you don't even think about it because 
you know, like, all right, well, this was just my life. This is just what happened. I dealt with it. I moved on. Everything's hunky-dory. I go and see my mom on Christmas. I see my dad on Thanksgiving or whatever. And, you know, here we are. But then all of a sudden you're looking at your relationships and you're like, well, why did I get to X spot in every single relationship and then just terminate it or run like a, a scared person because of all these underlying issues that you have that you don't even know about. Right. And you haven't dealt with. No, I mean, cause, cause your brain has, has protected you, you know, until you've gotten to this place that now you're, like you said, you can't have that aha moment. And sometimes you need that extra, you know, person sitting there that is a professional that can walk you through it because right. yeah, you get that aha moment. It, it, it can get real ugly, real fast. Yeah. And I too, I, and there's somebody saying on here about the, the best thing they ever did was seeking help. Um, and, and I think a lot of times that, you know, I don't know what that person's particular situation is, but I know for like a, a situation like maybe I, I have to deal with, or, you know, I would, me sitting here right now, I'm like, I don't need help. You know what I mean? For what happened, what, what I went through. Right. I, don't, I feel like I don't need help. I feel like help needs to be safe for those who really, really, really like, you know what I mean? But I think it is important to like, maybe I think, get it's, help, I think it's important. I think that I've said this before and we haven't, but I, I, I've said this about marriages. I would tell, I will tell my kids when they get married, you know what? I don't care how great you think things are. They're not going to stay great. And I'm not trying right. to be a pessimist. You're going to hit bumpy roads. You're going to have a reason to leave. You're going to have some crappy things happen. So why don't you go ahead and start seeing a counselor twice a month or every month or every week. I mean, and I th- I'm, I'm more of a proponent and I'll tell you what, 10 years ago, I would have said counselors are stupid. My, my mom's a psychologist. My sister's a psychologist. My sister-in-law. Like, I just say, I'm not seeing no crazy psychologist, but I'm more of a proponent now of everyone should probably have somebody to talk to outside of the people around them. Well, yeah. And that, that's what somebody did say on here. Being wise who you open up to is a key because wrong information can be very damaging. So if you're just opening up to like something serious like this to like a friend and they're telling you what to do, sure, share things, open up with them if you feel like you're you're comfortable. But as far as taking advice on what to do with what's going on with you should be saved for the professionals. Not Jeff and I, not Steven, not like, you know what I mean? Like somebody who's actually knows, you know, we're just talking about our experiences here. That's all we're doing is talking about our experiences and what we perceive it to be, not what you should do. (laughs) You know what I mean? Don't get it twisted. No, we'll listen, but I'm going to, at the end of the day, I'm going to say, Hey, Steven, you know what? That's crazy. You might want to like find somebody to talk to. Right. You can talk to me, but you might want to find somebody to get answers from and guidance from. You you got you guys and, and people come to me or going to friends and family, that's good to get it off your chest to just right. kind of maybe feel a little bit refreshed. But if you've actually got things that are bugging you consistently, I, I, I'm totally with you, Jeff, that so many people, which if I tell somebody, Oh, I'm, you know, I've got therapy on Thursday, you know, whatever time, I wait for that response of, well, what the hell are you in therapy for? Right. Well, right. Just, you know, honestly, it's, it's just the maintenance because I have that person that I can go to and I can tell anything. I know that I can tell them and they're not going to be able to tell anybody else. And I can work through any stress that I've gotten today. And, and, and it's, it's really refreshing. And so I I tell people all the time, I'm like, don't knock it until you've actually gone because you don't know the stuff that you're actually exposed to and dealt with. And sometimes it just takes that person that doesn't know you, that isn't, you know, going to judge you. And all of a sudden you can get something off your chest and you don't even think that it's a big deal. And so you walk out of there and you're like, holy shit, the elephant's off my chest, off my shoulders. I feel a hundred times lighter than I did. And it's just because you got it out there to yeah. some not going to judge you. And you can't do that with friends and family. You can't say something to them because in the back of your mind, you know that even if they're not, that they might be judging you. 
they might or it might come back up. Or right. we all wanted, especially if we're parents or if you're married and you're in a relationship, I mean, maybe it's just me, but you tend when you really care about somebody, it's almost not our fault that we damage the people we love because when you really care about somebody, you take things too personally. Instead of being able to listen and be like, you, you want to say, gosh, I'm really screwed. I'm, I'm really screwing things up for this person. I'm not doing the things I need to do. And two, the person, if you really love somebody, it's hard to be hundred percent honest and say, you are screwing me up. Right. You know, well, you are doing some things that are screwing me up. Right. I mean, and there's a lot to the, to the saying of, uh, you hurt the ones closest to you. Right. And you don't mean to, but you trust them to such an extent that you expose them almost at times uh, subliminally to these dark, you know, secrets that you have that maybe you don't even know about. But until you get to a professional, you know, it's detrimental to your relationship because you don't even know you're doing it. Right. Wow. Yeah. I never thought of it on any of these, on any of these levels. I mean, I really never did. Yeah. This is kind of opening it up. And I mean, I know I've talked to people that it's so easy now to get therapy with our phones. I mean, there's, there's services now. I know my mom does it now. I know, but I feel, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to interrupt, but I feel very, very, very weird. Well, I'm trying to help people that can't get out. I know. No, no, no. I know. I know you are. I know you are. You know what I mean? And I get what you're saying. But I'm talking about me as a person right now. If I thought, okay, maybe I am suffering a little bit from this. Let me go online and talk to somebody online. I don't feel comfortable with that. I kind of want to sit across from you. I want to see you. I want to read your body language. I want to see your surroundings. I want to kind of get to know you. I would be a tough nut to crack, so to speak, because I was going to take a couple of sessions for me to even trust you, to be honest. Like, I don't think all therapists, and they're fine with that because all therapists, I don't think all counselors, I don't think all psychiatrists are treated alike. I think that you have to find the one that works for you. You yes. know what I'm saying? Like, cause I, I know that we took Kaylee to one and it didn't work for her. She was like, I'm never going to talk to that person again. Right. Hey, let, let, let me put it this way. Okay. Yes. Finding your therapist is like, you know, going and finding the right match for you. When I was a kid dealing with, you know, my parents' divorce, my dad was pushing me to go to a therapist. I said, okay, fine, you know, I'll go. Well, he found one of the first ones that we found was at a a religious high school, very well-known place in in D.C. area. Um, But the second that I walked in there, things didn't feel right. I was a, a... 15 year old kid and somehow within the first session the first hour that I'm in there he wants to talk about um masturbation was it he was like no 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 it no, 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 no 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 stop I'm telling you man I'm telling you but, but right there okay this guy came highly, highly, highly recommended as one of the best in the area. And I walked out and I told my dad, I said, I'll never go back there ever again. Maybe, you know, three, four weeks later, I, I had gone to two or three other good people and I found somebody. It was like the third or fourth person I went to. And I clicked with this guy and I could talk about anything with him. It, it was amazing. Yeah. But like you said, yes, you, there's a lot of trial and error. And so that's where people get hung up is that they have one bad experience like, say, I did. And all of a sudden you're like, therapy sucks. Therapy is a sham. These people are just out to, right. to expose you. But that's not how it is. You really got to stick with it because you will find that person that you can connect with and that person will help you and that person's going to be professional. Right. Yes, you know, just like anything else, there's bad eggs. And you just got to sort through them. Well, it's funny because I just talked to uh, one of my clients who sh- her, her, her daughter is bipolar. And that took them four doctors before they clicked. And, you know, and they were having a lot of problems because there's the stigma with taking medicine. You know what I mean? 
Yeah. And that's all her first three doctors is. They said, you've got to take this. That's it. Yep. Then they yep. found a fourth doctor who connected with her, had more of a one-on-one you know, relationship and conversation and explained the mind and why this is necessary. And then it clicked, you know, and that now they're close and they're, they're, they're making progress, but like it goes right into what you're saying. It took three failed attempts with, with a, with a psychologist or, or, or I guess it was a, uh, psychiatrist, the psychiatrist. And, and then finally they got to a fourth one, which, which nailed it. And they, then they've had a good relationship for several years now and, right. and made, leaps and bounds and stayed out of trouble and it's yeah. just been a different world but well here's another issue i have with it and 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 you know the the event that happened in my life that is that that i can kind of tie a little bit relate to this you know you say you should go talk to someone fine but i like you said you got to find the right one but my right. thing is and like somebody just said on here you can't treat what's happened in your life, what you've gone through as, as a blanket case. My, my thing is these therapists, these counselors, these psychiatrists, I know they know what they're doing. I know they're good at their jobs, most of them. But my problem lies with you don't know me, okay? Right. How am I going to go in there, tell you what's happened in my life, and you tell me as Angie what, what to do? I need right. you to know me. How do I react? What's my personality? What am I like? What am I turned off by? What do I react to? You're not going to know that in a session. And that's what drives me insane. Like, you're not going to fix it. They me. aren't going to know in a session. I know, but like. It's going to take 20, 30 a year. Maybe. Maybe that's what, I don't know. Maybe. My, my, my response to that is just like any other issue, you got to be ready yourself. You can't go in because somebody tells you to. No point. You have you have to be ready to go in and talk to that person and know that you're going to open up very personal things to that person and trust that person. So yes, it's not going to be the first session. You're going to have all these, you know, aha moments and, and, and open up these deep, dark things that you've been suppressing. It's going to take, you know, a while for you to just like any relationship, you know, you and Jeff, you didn't sit there and tell Jeff, you know, on the first date, you know, all these things, all your fears and all your, your concerns in life. True. So you, you're not going to walk into a therapist's office and be like, all right, here's my life. You know, no, because you are going to be guarded, but you got to, unless you have a situation, like I said, where the, the person had so many red flags that you just feel like, nope, going somewhere else. Right. You gotta, you gotta give that person a chance to earn that trust, and and that trust is going to be earned a lot quicker from the professional patient, you know, standpoint than it is from you know a, a relationship. Sure. But you got to be able. You, first, you got to go in with an open mind, and second, you got to be ready to go in yourself for your reasons. You can't go in because Jeff's like, oh, you woke up and had all this anxiety. You need to talk to somebody. You have to make that decision on your right. own. Well, and, and, and that's the, but that's the thing. That's the funny thing. That's the tricky thing with this whole, this whole conversation is the great thing about it is it's a professional that can't talk to anybody else that don't, that doesn't know you at all. But then the right. negative too, is that it's someone that doesn't know you at all. Yeah. So you've got to like anything else. I think I bet you psychiatrists or, 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 uh, counselors have the same issue as personal trainers that everybody comes in wants a quick fix and they're not willing to stick it out for two, that three, five years. You got to get to know your personal trainer. You can't just right. say, well, that's not how it should be done. Right. You know, you don't know me. You don't know that I don't like to bend my knees when I do RDLs, whatever. Right. Right. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I think that it's the same type thing. When I hear you guys talk, I'm like, okay, like you said, don't, try to get a trainer if you really aren't ready to start working out. So it's, it's, it's kind of the same thing. It's kind of like when you're intrinsic, it is when you're intrinsically motivated to, to say, okay, I had this, I have a problem and I really feel like I need to go talk to somebody about it. You have to want to take the steps. Like you said a minute ago, Steven, not Jeff saying, Angie, you're too anxious. This is too much going on. You need to go talk to somebody. Okay. So I do, but I'm not ready to do it. It won't work. You're right. That's a good point. You're quick. Yeah. 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 
I had I had a friend, you know, just recently tell me that, um, you know, she was having an anxiety attack. And, well, okay, have, have you talked to anybody? Do you take anything? She, yeah. Um, but there's, you know, she had some trauma with that because her boyfriend at the time or, or fiancé at the time kept telling her, okay, you, you got to go talk to somebody. You got to go talk to somebody. So finally she gave in. She goes, okay, I'm going to go you know, talk to somebody cause I'm ready. Well, that person after a few sessions or whatever said, okay, we're going to try this. We're going to give you the smallest dose possible of this thing just to see if it takes the edge off. Cause she was having at that time daily anxiety attacks goes home and tells her fiance, okay, I'm on X, Y, and Z, the smallest dose possible. But that person's response to her was, oh, so now you're a crazy person taking medicine. Oh no. So that's also an uphill battle that people have to deal with when they do actually decide is who do they trust? You should trust your fiance of all people to say, okay, I'm on medicine, you know, but it's making me better. It's making me feel more normal, but that person is now judging you because you're taking a pill to make yourself feel better. See, that's, that's almost like, it's a big red flag. Yeah, that's that's yeah, well, crazy. That's that's why they're not married right now. <laughs> but, good for, good for her. Good for that's her. He, yeah, that's exactly. how abusive relationships start. Well, and that's the thing is that, luckily, that person had the wherewithal to say, "Okay, I don't want to be with this person for the rest of my life because this is one of the reactions. This is one of the flags that I'm having." But let me tell you, most people don't do that. Most people are like, okay, this guy that I've been with or this girl that I've been with. I'm invested. Yeah, I'm invested. They know me inside and out. This doctor doesn't necessarily know me. So maybe the person that I'm with knows more about me than this doctor does. Even though the medicine's making me feel better, I'm being called a crazy person. I don't want to be a crazy person. I don't want to. And I don't want this person that I care about to think I'm a crazy person. But what, what do they say? This is the thing is we're all damaged, right? But hurt people hurt people. Correct. Right? Hurt people, damage people, somebody that you may start to date, start to live, oh. start to marry. What if they were abused? What if they're hurt? What if that's their, you know, then they abuse you because they were abused and it's hurt people, hurt people. And mm-hmm. maybe it's not their fault, but it's your fault for sticking around. Right. Or maybe it's, maybe it's not. Maybe that's too harsh. Maybe it's not your fault. Right. No. And, and in that situation, it turned out that the guy was, you know, just, I, I, there, there were so many problems with him, you, you, you know, but, and, and he was more messed up mentally than she was. And, you know, he was taking it out on her because he didn't want to, you know, admit that his wrongdoings, his, his right. issues. You know? Well, and you know, you, 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 that, that kind of, to me, it, it, it shows, that you're not genuinely or you don't genuinely care about someone because one now I see that he pushed her off to go talk to somebody because she was driving him crazy. Correct. And then she finally showed that I'm getting some help and I'm feeling better, which probably sparked in him that I don't feel any better. You're freaking crazy right now. I'm <laughs> going to attack you because you're actually getting some, you're having success. Mm-hmm. It's, it's right. like a vicious cycle. People are just, it's crazy how we tear each other down. Yeah. And yeah, and that that, you know, that again, that would lead back to PTSD. All of a sudden you've spent years in this relationship. You're you're about to make the biggest step that you can with a relationship and marry this person. And you realize, you know, after you know, going to see some doctors and, and, and get some stuff out there, all of a sudden you're in an abusive relationship. Right. Now, how do you move from that relationship to a healthy one, you know, without having, you know, some trust issues and some triggers and stuff like that? Sure. Sure. It's a vicious cycle. Mm-hmm. Yeah, very. It's, yeah, it's so many people, so many people are dealing with it and it's why we probably have a close to 60% divorce rate, <laughs> you know, oh, you know. And, and, you know, the, the biggest thing to take from this, I think, is 
don't be afraid to go talk to somebody. Right. Talk, talking. That's all it is, is talking, you know, like you and you and, and me and Andrew talking. That's all right. it is. You're sitting in a room or, or even nowadays, like you said, zoom meetings or whatever with your, with your therapist. That's all it is, is talk. You know, if you need, if you need to take the extra step, yes, you can go to the psychiatrist and get the medicine, but don't be afraid to talk to somebody that has no idea about you and open up. And, and if you're, if you're keep running into the same walls over and over again, talk to that person and figure out what the hell that wall is all about. Mm-hmm. I think that's good. I mean, I've learned a lot from just chit chatting and talking to you, Steven, Jeff, the people on, on, um, on the live here, there's some really good information going on there just to like, yeah, not to be ashamed and not to, not to be ashamed to go talk to somebody. I think there's such a bad stigma again, like, Oh, you go to a therapist. Yeah. You know, yep. and, and it, it's just to get help. I mean, you would go to, you know, if you were having stomach pain, you're going to go to a doctor having emotional pain, mental pain is kind of the same thing, but why do we not just go? We would go to the doctor. You know what I'm saying? Why do we not just go? Because we've been, there's been a stigma. It's a stigma. Right. All of our life. It's right. like, and that's what about mental health. And that's the problem with, with all, people with mental health issues. And there's a stigma, you know, for one of my friend's sons who they just realized after a very dangerous manic episode that he has severe bipolar disorder and some other things. And there's this stigma in getting the chemicals, taking them daily because they don't, you don't produce them. He does not produce them. Well, if your body doesn't produce the right chemicals to keep you alive for your heart, we'll take blood pressure medicine. We'll take, right. and there's no stigma, but when right. someone can be perfectly normal, as long as they take this pill because their brain, their body does not produce right. that chemical. So it makes them off a little bit or mm-hmm. bipolar. What? Why do we, I, it, it infuriates me that someone feels like they got to keep their mouth shut right. and suffer I mean, because there's a stigma. Right. right. The, the, the stigma is one of the, in my opinion, again, not a professional, just in, in my opinion, I, I went to school and got a minor in psychology. That's, that's the only thing that I have for claim to fame for any of this. But you talked us. <laughs> <laughs> but if you, want, if you want to look at the suicide rate, okay, how many of those people would have been saved had the general consensus and and I'm talking from the media down because there's plenty of TV shows out there, kids TV shows and stuff that will downplay therapists and, and make fun of them. And so you have that, like you said, you have that thing in the back of your mind. Okay. Therapists are for crazy people. I don't want to be, I don't want to go sit down and talk to that person, but guess what? Had you taken the chance to talk to that person, you might not have ended up where you are with those attempts or God forbid succeeding, you know? Right. And, and that's, you know, that's the, that's the really sad part is that so many people still have that stigmatism or whatever, where you hear somebody's in therapy and their immediate reaction is to kind of be like, you know, to poke fun. Mm-hmm. And we have that. We have that instinct, though. I, I do. I think a lot of people do. I don't need that. I don't need. Right. I'm not crazy. I don't need that. And that's not what it's about. And I, I'm more under the. You know, we adopted a child at 14. She was 14. Came from a, a, a really bad situation. But right. I, th- I think about all of the all of the people that go through divorces. And 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 thank God that your your uh, your dad had you go to counseling because i think that that's not normal um i think it's normal to get divorced nowadays and act like well since since it happens it's not affecting you well it is because the trend continues because nobody helps those kids develop and say i can have a healthy relationship i'm not saying anybody there are there are those but my but my point is is even in our relationship where we're together and we're a solid unit it's not perfect, but it, we're solid. We're together. 
we bring a child into a home that's already solid. We've got three kids. We bring an outside child in, which is totally 100% in now. You know, she's a runyon. She's one of us. But to not, you know, looking back, you're like, should we have all been in therapy? Because it's a huge change. But you know what my process was at the time was, I don't need that. Right. We'll figure it out. We're tough. We're going to all be fine. We're going to get through this. We're going to do it. Well, we've had a lot of problems. There's been a lot of shakeups. There's been a lot of ugly things happen because it's a difficult transition and it's a multiple year transition that continues and everything's pretty good now, but there are some rough moments. Would you agree? Yeah. Where it's like, maybe we should have had a professional say, well, here's what happens when you do this, when you bring, you know, when you adopt a child that's 14, you know, it's just, well, not only that, but, and, and all I'll say is that, you know, I've heard, you know, some bits and pieces, um, but when you're when you're adopting a fourteen year old, there's a reason you're adopting that fourteen year old. Right. There's a lot there's a lot of trauma. You don't just go off the streets and pick up somebody that's in a happy, healthy family relationship and adopt a fourteen year old, you know. There's a reason that that kid is looking for a family. Mm-hmm. And you and Ange and and your your other kids could have been perfectly fine. But yeah, introducing that, all of a sudden there's going to be backlash. That that 14-year-old has seen stuff that your kids and you maybe have never experienced in your life. Right. And all the, you're taking that on as parents and you're you're exposing your other children to it. Mm-hmm. And you're 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 doing it out of the goodness of your heart because you know that you can give that child a better life. But what what is that kid seen and and been exposed to that you're now exposing the rest of your family to that? Yeah, of course, you all should have been, you know, maybe just talking to somebody, you know, a professional, whatever, not saying that, you know, you would need to do anything other than that, you know, on a, on a, you know, like you said, a monthly basis or a bi-monthly basis or something, but you're going to hit those road bumps where all of a sudden you're like, holy crap. I, I don't know how to handle this because I've never experienced it. And I'm trying to coach this 14 year old through it. Or your others. Or you your other, your others that are dealing with things that they never thought that they would right, deal with. Right, right, you right. You know, that, that is now in their life. So, mm-hmm. and then you just yeah, get yeah. through it, but do they get the help? You know, and that, that's the concern is that, you know, you, I will always want to encourage what we've talked about tonight with my children. Make sure it's not a stigma. Make sure that you, if you deal with things in life, like everything, you can't, you, you got to deal with things and dealing with mental, not mental, I'll say emotional things, um, anxiety, those type things. You, you need help. You just do. You, you, and, and it's okay to get that help. Right. Oh, it's absolutely okay. And it should be encouraged. It should and be encouraged. It should be encouraged. And, and it doesn't have to be, I was in war or I was a police officer that's been shot at X amount of times. It doesn't need to be that traumatic, you know? True. Very true. Well, your trauma, like we said at the beginning, your trauma is your trauma, right? Right. Right. It's what you know. Right. And it shouldn't be discounted. It shouldn't be downplayed. It shouldn't be, um, you know, made to to make you feel less than what you are. You know, it's your life. It's your experience. It's it's what makes you you. But it also is your dark, you know, darkness. Right. Right. I think that's good. I think that's a good place to end it because I I, I've learned a lot. Like like you said, or like we said. You know, none of us are professionals, but just opening my mind to the issue of PTSD and and not being ashamed to go talk to people is it's it's been it's an eye opener because I I did not look at it at the beginning of this conversation. You know, before I turned the live on, before we got you on, I was looking at it in a totally different life a light. So now my mind is like blown. I think. Yeah, because we're kind of at the place like, well, how are we going to talk about this? Because we certainly there's no way we we're not we're not we never went to war. You're right. So. Right. We never, but we've, I think we've all had some, 
some trauma probably right. in our lives. Right. Um, Everybody's. Oh, we all have. Yeah. We're fragile. Humans are fragile, man. Absolutely. You know, Mentally, emotionally. You know, you, you think of a 90 year old person or, or even think about yourself. Look at the stuff that we've been exposed to from certain wars, from now COVID, from, you know, all these different, you know, situations. Okay, yes, that, that forms who you are, but that also can have a detriment to who you are. Yeah. Yeah. It's true. It can have, especially if it just is chipping away at you. Mm-hmm. You need that yep. help. Yep. Well, man, thank you for yeah, well, this. This well, is awesome. I know we'll have a continuation. And you know what? I, I think it would be fun to have a couple of people on. There, there's a few people that said, hey, if you talk about this again, hit me up. I'd love to contribute whom I trust. Um, you know, right. so we could right. maybe have a couple of people on. It, it would be, it would yeah, be I mean, a good. We could get up to, I wouldn't do well, more than three or four total. A couple, because like, then it gets maybe crazy. one other person. You know how I get in Zoom sessions, Stephen. I'm like, ah, too many people. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> but maybe a couple of people. But we do appreciate you being on with us um, and doing this podcast, um, taking your time out to talk with us. No, Thanks. I appreciate it. I thought it was fantastic. You guys are awesome. Like I said, and anytime you want to talk about it or, or anything else, you know, let's do it. All right. Sounds good. You got good. it, man. And uh, I'll text you. We'll meet up next week. That would be awesome. I hope we All really right. can do that. Yeah, we should do it. All right. Have a good night, Steven. All right, my man. Right. Later. Okay.